Menu Stories, the podcast where we get to know the stories about the people and restaurants behind the food we love, starting with San Francisco. I'm your host, Rebecca Goberstein. Today, we meet Anjan and Emily Mitra, the husband and wife team behind Dosa, San Francisco's modern South Indian-style restaurant, which just celebrated its 10th year. Emily and Anjan fell in love in the late 90s at an underground dance club in Soma, the once industrial warehouse district of San Francisco. And Dosa, especially the newer location on Fillmore Street where we recorded this interview, has a distinctly upscale and urban nightlife feel to it. Our favorite thing was to go out, you know, at nine or, or later without reservations, be spontaneous, sit at the bar. And we really built a restaurant that would have played into like the perfect date night for us. Let's have a listen. So we are here with Anjan and Emily Mitra. Uh-huh. Thank you for Hi. joining us. <laughs> Hello. So uh, congratulations. It is now the 10th year that you're celebrating at DOSA. Mm. Yep. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. How would you describe DOSA in your own words? So DOSA, DOSA is, um, you know, it's a modern Indian restaurant. You know, it takes um, very authentic recipes. Uh, but it uses, um, you know, dry goods and spices from India, uh, like lentils and rice, uh, but then uses local ingredients, you know. Uh, the only thing we get from outside, actually, that's not local, maybe, is uh, the coconut mm-hmm. milk, you know, which we use a lot in Indian cooking, South Indian cooking. Uh, but it also represents a very urban environment, you know, something you would find in the cities of India, you know. Um, I grew up in Bombay, and I feel like I could take this restaurant, just, you know, transport it to Bombay and it would fit very fit right in you know we just came back from a place mm-hmm. in um, in Bombay called Bombay Canteen which, I th- which we thought had a very kind of a nice modern hip feel but it was serving you know authentic spicy Indian food you know? and dosa also is really a uh, you know a shared perspective of you know Anjan being from India and myself being born and raised in the US I'm originally from New York so we've really made an effort from the very mm-hmm. beginning to, to create the type of restaurants where Indian people uh, are here, it's an authentic Indian experience, and at the same time people can come into Dosa any day who maybe have never had Indian food or have only had northern style of Indian food, don't know much about it, but can come in, the menu's tangible, you know, the ingredients are familiar if you're familiar with seasonality. and and everyone can enjoy the South Indian food. Yeah, so how did you two meet? We can kind of step back here. <laughs> we actually met, um, one story could be that we met uh, getting our PhDs, which would be <laughs> the Indian version, but no, the truth is that we met here in San Francisco. The Jewish version too. Maybe. Yeah, possibly, yeah. We met, we met on a dance floor here in San Francisco. Uh, uh, we, we 18 met, years we ago. Met, we met at an, at an underground San Francisco music club, you know, which was, you know, a small, intimate club where, you know, the, you know, the DJs now have gone on to become, you know, very famous DJs all over the world. But this was like an underground music scene in San Francisco. It was very, it was very interesting, you know, it was, it was, it was very intimate, and, and that's what we met. She was there with a bunch of her friends, and I was there with a bunch of mine, and that's where we met. <laughs> it wasn't the dance floor, but it wasn't, you know, a typical club, you know, it was... It was sort of, it was really kind of an interesting time for, for music in, in San Francisco. This is the 90s, I guess. This, was, is, the, right? uh, this, 90s? Was, uh, this was the end of the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah late 90s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> this is the Soma. Soma, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah Soma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this, this was the San Francisco sort of house music scene, you know, which was, was they eventually become, has become huge, you know, all over the, you know, it's kind of got its own distinct stamp right now, you mm. know, so. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Sort of explains, I mean, there's there's definitely kind of a nightlife feel to yeah, Dosa, yeah. so um, it seems like, you know, that comes through and it seems but like. But that's, you know, that's actually more, you know, that that's actually kind of a Bombay thing, too, you know, it's, um you know, restaurants in Bombay, you know, we, you know, I just wanted to clarify that we never wanted this to be sort of a fusion, fusion restaurant, you know, and, you know, people who think this is a fusion restaurant are people who don't really understand India, you know, and so, you know, um, you know, if you, you know, restaurants don't open in India before 7.30, 8 o'clock, you know, and, and they're open till midnight, you know, so, you know, it's a bit like Europe where, like, you know, everything opens a little later when things, you know, when the sun goes down and it cools down, that's when people go out to eat. So, um, this definitely has that sort of energy of a city, you know, of a, you know, of, of Bombay, which is a very energetic city. So, um, so that's kind of what, what we were trying to replicate, you know. And yeah, of course, you know, we we love the music too, but it was it was really kind of a representation of Bombay. You know? And having yeah. traveled to India, you know, again as a non-Indian, it became sort of clear to me prior to having opened Dosa that. There are these really strong ethnic stereotypes in cities as to what ethnic food should look like, and it's often smaller restaurants, except for the occasional fancy traditional ones. You know, they uh, tend to be small, and the food is inexpensive. Um, there's not much in the way of service. And when we, uh, when I traveled India, I became very inspired to work with Anjan to open a restaurant that represented what I saw in India, which were big, beautiful, sexy restaurants with some of the best service I had had, you know, where the staff stay hovered at your table and portion your food as you're dining. And it was, you know, these were regular restaurants, you know, they were up, upper scale, but they, these were not, you know, three-star Michelin restaurants. These are just restaurants in India. And we really wanted to create a restaurant that people would want to come on a Friday and Saturday night with their friends, or, here or, for the night. or on a Monday, Tuesday, too. You know, it was just like coming in yoga pants, you know. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> but the do. point was to create one of the first restaurants yeah. that would have, you know, that sort of appeal where it could be, you would want to be out on a Friday or Saturday and you would want to have it be, um, represent, a, you know, a modern person. You've mentioned a few times, um, both of you, the city feel. Um, recently, I don't know if you saw this, there was recently on, on Twitter uh, a big... Um, exclamation by a former Londoner who's a venture capitalist who now lives in San Francisco who was uh, sort of putting down <laughs> San Francisco as a city uh, and sort of making claims that it's not not a real city so um, I'm just curious what what your take on that since you're from Bombay, Bombay yeah. so obviously Bombay is probably bigger than London I think in terms of population maybe yeah I think it close, is yeah, yeah at least yeah, a little definitely. bit bigger yeah. um or on, on par right, I'm just right. curious what your your take is on San Francisco as a city and mm. uh how this kind of style of restaurant fits into that and what about the city aspect you wanted to bring and the urban aspect you wanted to bring with sure, this restaurant. Sure. So, you know, you know, first of all, I'm like, you know, that's that's kind of a I think a slightly a slightly narrow view of, of what a city is. Bombay is a very different city. It's a much bigger city than London and London I mean you know, first of all I love London. London's an amazing city. But London is many, many times the size of San Francisco, you know, and so and that brings a certain critical mass. I mean, you know, that brings access to certain things that you would not have in a smaller city like San Francisco. But um 
But San Francisco, in my mind, is definitely a city. I definitely consider it. You know, it's not it's not New York City. It's not Tokyo. It's not London. It's not Bombay. But if you compare each one of those cities, those all are very different, and they all have a cultural context. You know, London is a slightly more. It's definitely a much a very international city. I think a bit like a bit like San Francisco. But the international crowd is a lot of the people from the, the Commonwealth, a lot of Indians, and, and so uh, a lot of Pakistanis, a lot of you know people from the Caribbean. You know, it's got a much more rich diversity. San Francisco has diversity, but it has a larger Chinese population than London, and has a larger Mexican population than London. You know, and so you know there are different ways of actually evaluating a city. I think you know what's nice about San Francisco is you have wine country, which is you know less than an hour away. <laughs> you know, and. Uh, and you have, you know, access to a, an amazing bread basket. Well, not bread, I mean, it's a produce basket. You have access to, you know, places like Big Sur, which is a few hours away. So, I mean, yes, London has access to. It's a different kind of city. It's different, but I, but I feel like San Francisco is a city. It has sophistication. It has great food. It's got, it's got a growing art scene. It's got a growing music scene. Uh, it's got you know, sports teams. That's important to you, you know. <laughs> Um, and so, I, so I, I definitely feel like San Francisco is a city. It's a smaller city. It's not as formal as London, though, you know, but, you, but, but, you know, but that's the pride of what San Francisco is. People intentionally do not dress up to go out. In London, you have to. You know? It's also the geography here. It's one of the most beautiful cities in the world as far right, as access right, to the outdoors. Right. And quite frankly, people that are here want to have these massively busy days being active, caring for their health, you know, these trends that are around health and food um, are just paramount here. So you can't have it all, you know, you can't, the nightlife is there, it's here when you right, want it, but right. what's in your face more is what are you doing and what did you do today? You know, I feel like that's a, a great question in San Francisco and people always have really like, you know, wonderful replies. Yeah. When we built Dosa, we were appealing to that really discriminating audience for food, you know, the people that really understand trends, whether they're in, you know, spirits and cocktails or food. Um, we really wanted to build an Indian restaurant that got, you know, the this, this savvy, savvy people that live in San Francisco to come in and feel like they could finally understand the complexity of Indian food, that it's not just one region, but that there's this, you know, enormous destination, and that we wanted to be the provider of that over, over the years that they visit us. You know, and, and, and I sort of feel like San Franciscans, you know, it's, it's generally kind of an affluent city. So, like, you know, people who live here, they travel a lot, you know, and they choose to live in San Francisco and choose to live a certain lifestyle, you know, where they might not go out late night on a, on, on a weekday, but, you know, but they'll be, like, up running on the beach at 6 in the morning, you know, which you don't get in London necessarily. So I feel like it's a different lifestyle. And I think San Franciscans love traveling to Tokyo and, you know, Europe and, you know, and, and to other big cities. So I don't think it's you know, one or the other. I, th I think San Francisco is definitely a credible, a credible city, yeah. <laughs> I, I would agree, yeah. yeah. So what brought both of you to San Francisco before the 90s fateful night in the evening when you guys <laughs> met on the dance floor? Well, I moved out here after college. Um, you know, really what attracted me out here was, uh, you know, just California itself, the weather, the agriculture. I had... Um, was in the health food industry when I first got here and also um, freelance writing for Sierra Magazine. So completely different career path than I uh, am on now. Um, but it was really the beauty of California and um, the diversity and the, and the juxtaposition of having grown up in upstate New York that brought me here, just kind of uh, figuring that opportunity would present itself if I hung out long enough. It's such a beautiful place. Mm. Uh, I. I um you know, I, I, I came here to work in tech. You know, I was um, I was in tech for 18 years before I opened the restaurant, and wow. 
this is the center of tech. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, I, you know, one of the companies I worked for, was, I was on the product management team for the very first web server that was on the market, you know, so at Netscape. So it was, it was definitely kind of an interesting ride, you know, and I, and I wasn't expecting to be a restaurateur after, after you know, but it was a nice, it was a nice pleasant accident. <laughs> Haven't looked back. <laughs> That's great. That's right. Yeah. So what made you both transition to, or what made you even start thinking about opening the restaurant? How did you decide to make the transition from your careers and open DOSA? Well, it was, it was actually Emily's idea, so I'll let her, uh, I'll let her, I can you know. start, yeah. <laughs> I actually had uh, ended up in a career path that um, wasn't necessarily where I intended to be. I was enjoying it. I had gotten up and was working on the, on the senior management level in a tech company myself. I was working with what well, internet company. I was working with Yahoo. Um, a I little had, internet company. Yeah. yeah. I had not really <laughs> intended for that to be the path, but the boom years were such an amazing time here, and I had you know certain skills which landed me there. But the truth was that I had a, uh, you know an entrepreneurial. I have an entrepreneurial spirit, and was feeling um, you know a lot of pressure to to do something with that and it was it was through travel in India and it was actually with Anjan in India one day that we um, were you know were eating dosa and looked at each other and said you know someone should open a South Indian restaurant in San Francisco and furthermore why hasn't anyone opened a South Indian restaurant in San Francisco and um, I had already written a number of business plans and had been evaluating a food concept, of which Anjan was fully supportive of all the ideas I had. <laughs> but it wasn't until this moment over that dosa that he looked to me and said, because he, you know, he had a career in which he was you know, somewhat fulfilled at the time. He was doing what he studied. And he said, you know, if you, if you can get this going, I mean, if we can, if we can get this up and going, and, it, and it's, it can be successful, I'll leave my career and I'll, I'll do it with you. I mean, we'll do this together. So when he said that, that was a game changer because I really was wondering, how do you run a restaurant? How do you open one as a mother, you know, um, by yourself? I mean, it it's really takes a, a team, a strong team to operate a restaurant and to scale like we are. So, um, and you know, that's exactly what we did. We came back, wrote the business plan for DOSA, and when something is meant to be, you know, uh, you know, you look for signs, and all the signs were there. It was like everything just was moving forward. I think, you know, we found a lease in, in our first lease in the Mission, and for me, intuitively, I knew it was the right lease. It's on Valencia on 21st. It was, it was a fall in love kind of opportunity for me when I saw that lease, and um, and everything from there on, John. After you know, we we put the entire plan together, even though he held his job. Every you know decision we made as we conceptualized what dosa would be and how it would go, and then uh, after our first six months, we had already made top ten restaurants. Uh, Michael Bauer was kind enough to put us in top ten restaurants in the Bay Area wow. in our first six months, and um, Anjan uh, jumped ship from his career uh, on the sixth month, and that was now ten years ago, and we both were full time ever since. So that was the. <laughs> the less than predictable path uh, to yeah. DOSA. That's great. I think that's how a lot of, you know, new ventures begin and you just sort of are excited and one thing leads to another and you kind of take the opportunities yeah. that come and that's fantastic. This is Rebecca Goberstein and you're listening to Menu Stories, a podcast where we get to know the stories about the people and restaurants behind the food we love. We'll be right back with Anjan and Emily Mitra of DOSA. When, uh, when did you realize it was time to expand beyond the mission? Well, we, we decided almost like within a year or two, you know, and so it was, it was maybe like um, a 
couple of years out, you know. Both of us full time yeah. in the restaurant, just alone that we, yeah. we wanted to expand because we both, you know, have a, a lot to offer and we, we definitely felt like we could handle a larger yeah. a larger company. But also the size of that restaurant, while it's so wonderful and everyone loves that quintessential yeah. fifty seat San Francisco restaurant. You know, we had Indian families and we still do today, you know, driving from all over the Bay Area, you know, to just walk in and, you know, the, the you know, always having to say no, always having to turn people away. We just said we really need to scale a restaurant. Um, and we, you know, to, to many people's surprise, we were we were looking in San Francisco specifically for a five or six thousand square foot space. And, um, you know. We got a lot of are you are you sure and we were very we're very sure you know and we had we had some benchmarks for large restaurants that worked well. Um, it was you know like the vision in the beginning for us we knew the next restaurant needed to be large. We also wanted to have a full bar program. We were very passionate as we are today about um, spirit driven and fruit nectar driven cocktails and spices. We wanted a big bar as part of our vision because when Anjan and I pre-restaurant would go out our favorite thing it was to go out you know at nine or, or later without reservations be spontaneous sit at the bar and we really built a restaurant that would have played into like the perfect date night for us it was like big bar great drinks if you just want to have a dosa and a cocktail and spend you know twenty dollars you can but if you want to spend sixty and bring your in-laws and you know have the most magical three-hour dinner experience you can also do that and so, uh, you know, hence the, the mission to find lo location number two, which we found right when we were about three and a half years old. It's when we found us on Fillmore. Yeah, it, it, was, it was just, you know, finding a spot that was a little bit more, it was, it was bigger, you know, just because it's, and then, you know, as Emily mentioned, but also sort of finding a spot that was iconic. You know, and this was a neighborhood that was kind of underserved too, we thought, you know. And, and, uh, and now it's actually, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's growing, especially with people like State Bird and Progress coming in. And we love this neighborhood. It really sits on the corner of, you know, Japantown, the Jazz District, and Fillmore and Pacific Heights. And it, it really is, you know, and we, uh, I serve on the board for Japantown, and I'm part of the Fillmore Merchants Association, and it's really great. We really sit in the center bringing together multiple neighborhoods through our community services and I think that's an advantage we realized even more so as we've grown just how great this location really this, is. And this is also the best movie theater in town. You know? Yeah, it's you know, the best it's movie really, theater. You know, now yeah. it's the only movie theater that actually serves alcohol. And so My husband reversed. won't let me go to a movie anywhere else because right, right, he's like, I can't right, drink right. there. Why would I go to <laughs> <laughs> another yeah. movie theater? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it really is, you know, the, the best movie theater. And we didn't realize... We just love it. And we're talking we about the Sundance. We're talking oh, yeah. about oh, Sundance yeah. 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 yeah, as we look at it right now. And so, you know, we didn't realize what what a great partnership this would be. We do yeah. get a lot, we do, we do get a great movie crowd, you know, and it's just, it's, yeah. it's amazing, yeah. Your car is parked, you've yeah. got a movie and a dinner date at Dosa, right. all in one ticket, right, it's the best. Right. So what's been the most difficult thing about what you have done over the last 10 years with running now two restaurants and continuing to grow and, and everything that you've accomplished? I think for me, you know, in life, uh, oftentimes, you, you know, when you haven't done something before, you're, you try to lay out your vision for how you're going to grow and decisions you'll make. You know, I think for us, trying to 
grow the company as quickly as we can and also make decisions on time to, you know, essentially not have that perfect 2020 hindsight that we all have, you know, sometimes you'd like to go back and do things again so that you could have a slightly better plan or slightly be more organized, you know, but you, when you open your own business and you scale it, you are, you're a pioneer. I mean, you're really pioneering new territory. This is a creative endeavor for Anjan and I. It's not been done by anyone else. So I think um, we've learned to make mistakes, but also learn from them, um, grow from them. We make new mistakes in the future versus the same ones. <laughs> and in the end, I mean, that's re a rewarding experience. I think you probably have a perspective about people and hiring the right people. Let me, let yeah. me see my own perspective. <laughs> 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 well, also, I, so I sort of feel like, I feel like getting the right people is always the most difficult thing. Uh, especially in the small business, especially in the business that's so driven by people, you know, as opposed to say tech, you know, where once you've created a product, it's sort of, you know, it's easy to replicate. But, um, you know, the, the restaurant business is all about having the right people that can help you consistently execute hundreds of times a day. Doing that is always a challenge in the restaurant business, and I feel like San Francisco has just become a very hot market, so it's just, it's difficult to, to find people. Now, you know, when we, you know, we are sort of unique in the sense that we are probably the only modern Indian restaurant in the Bay Area, like, you know, that has a reputation of what we do. So how do you how do you stay modern? How do you stay current? How do you stay fresh? And how do you do it with the people, you know what I mean, that you have on board? And we've, we've obviously gotten better over the years, but like it's just, you know, there's, there's always shifting sands, always things that are happening that you don't anticipate. But I feel like, um, you know, on the positive side, there are, there are a lot of rewards. You know, you just come across a lot of very interesting people and you get connected with the community uh, much more closely. When I worked in tech, I was traveling all over the world and you know, meeting people like in Switzerland or in Japan or in like in India. And now, it's mainly local, but it's it's so much more gratifying on a local level. You know, you're much more connected with your community. I think. Yeah. Why Why is that more gratifying? Well, because everyone knows everyone knows your restaurant. No one knew what I was doing when I was in tech. You know, and I was I was a product manager for like a web server, which is great. So like, unless you're the person who's founded Twitter or <laughs> Instagram, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a very it's a very you know being being a restaurant business that ties you to the community because people actually own your restaurant. They go like, this is my restaurant. This is the restaurant that I go to, you know what I mean? So that's when you really sort of build that sort of traction, you know, where it doesn't become your restaurant anymore, it becomes their restaurant. You know, this is my favorite restaurant in this neighborhood. This is my favorite sushi place, or this is my favorite ramen place, or this is my favorite Indian restaurant, you know? And so as soon as we became that, that's when we started connecting with the community. And that doesn't happen in tech. It doesn't, that sort of visceral, you know, you know, connection that people have to the food, you know, rarely happens in tech or, or you know, <laughs> some I kind of corporate it to environment. Taking it to the streets. I mean, it happens in companies like you know, it happens in companies like Apple. You know, who really, you know, people are really passionate about it, but it's rare. Though, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. Yeah, it's yeah. very rare. It's and it happens with people like you know, the founders of the company. You know what I mean? It happens with people like Steve Jobs or with you know, but it doesn't happen with everyone in the company. I feel that I feel that was like the big change, just that we noticed, like opening a restaurant where. Mm -hmm. You just sort of have this connection with people that you don't have in other professions, I think. And we always say that, you know, the two reasons that people come out in, you know, San Francisco for dinner or for lunch is, one, it's for great food, but, you know, for two is it's to make meaningful connections with other people, you know, and whether that's very tangible and obvious or it's indirect, those are the two reasons that we feel that we've built our whole service philosophy on. It's about meaningful connections and super amazing food, not one or the other. And who knows, you might meet your future husband and wife on <laughs> the dance floor if you go out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. right, right yeah, right. go out and have fun. You never yeah. know what will happen. <laughs>
Yeah, we've we've had a f we've had many many first dates. People have come on first dates over here. We've had know. a number of people who've met at Dosa, or worked yeah. at Dosa, and have been married. Like you know. Well, that's I mean that's pretty common. But like you know, well, I mean, a lot of a lot of our employees have gotten together. You know, but like it's, but you know, actually having people actually who have first dates at Dosa, all of a sudden Dosa becomes a special place for them. You know. So you kind of already touched on this, but what's what's the most rewarding thing that you can think of about having done what you've done so far as you're celebrating 10 years it's sort of a reflective milestone yeah. so uh, what what are you most proud of yeah I think it's looking at what you've built you know I mentioned how it's, it's it is a creative it's a creative endeavor I mean you know just like any artist who starts with a vision that's completely your own and um, you know the kind of blood, sweat, and tears that you put in to grow it, especially restaurants. You know, 96% of all restaurants fail within, I think, three to five years. So, only 4% actually make it. Uh, so, with all the odds against you, you know, to be able to build something that lasts and that, and you know, and then you're dealing with food, which is one of the most dynamic components and the least consistent that you could ever try to have as your product or service day to day. You know, and um, so with that as well, it's been, it's something that, um, you know, to, ha to have it be succeeding, to have it be something that, you know, can win readers' polls that are just honest, where people say, you know, my favorite restaurant is Dosa, um, just inspires us, just inspires us to continue working, but, you know, I, I feel immensely proud that, you know, we've made it 10 years, we're still growing. We had our best year this past year, and we plan to have, you know, an even better year in, in this 10th year. So that, um, when you look at what you put into it, to know that you know there that that's on the other side, it just makes it so worth it. It's you don't do you don't own restaurants to you know get rich. You you, you run them <laughs> because you want to provide something to the community and the neighborhood you live in that is 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 great that you would love. And so I think that's um, that's what I yeah. that's what I feel. So I, f I feel like for me, you know, it's been sort of this accidental. You know, I, I sort of mentioned like you know the the whole like. Prior to what, what what happened with us is we we went out to raise money recently at VC financing and uh, and almost like you know almost about fifty to twenty of our investors are Indians you know and uh, these are very very successful people and you know what they saw in Dosa was a representation of their culture you know which is which is which is critical you know and so they were like thank you for not. You're creating something that you know. I mean, listen, a lot of these guys go to the hole in the wall places, but like, thank you for creating something where we can go hang out with and our friends and not be embarrassed to be Indian. You know what I mean? And we can actually enjoy the food, you know, and bring in someone to enjoy the food that we eat. You know, and there's a very strong, very strong cultural context. You know, and I feel like that was that was something that you know that when I first created the restaurant, I said, listen, I'm going to serve food that I ate in India that I enjoy. I'm not going to serve the food that people expect me to serve, you know? No, you're not going to get a naan, even though I love naan, you know what I mean? But we represent a certain region of southern India, you know, where they don't, you know, eat naan. So I feel like just having that perspective, and, and I feel like we're just going to, I'm not touching the surface, you know, because there's so much more for us to explore with Indian cuisine, you know? Uh, you know, there's the north, the south, and there's, like, so many regional variations, and there's the east and west, and then the, the middle of India, you know, and so this is a country of over a billion people, and I feel like we are now like you know owning you know the Indians are very successful in tech they're very successful in business and finance beginning some traction in politics but it's very very early but this was sort of a cultural context for, for us to own I felt you know and, and food is such such a food is such a strong cultural uh, uh, sort of relevance you know for people who've moved here from that country 
and it's you know this is the fastest growing. This is this is the region where the you know the, where uh, well, well the Indian community is the fastest growing immigrant community in the, in the U.S. and the state the highest concentration of them are actually in the Bay Area, and so uh, well the highest you know percentage wise of the largest population. So this is something that I feel like you know we can just grow. You know what I mean? Where yeah, that's and that's sort of a cultural relevance I think that we have that I that I felt like I've gone beyond just being a restaurant. So what? What is the difference between uh, between Northern Indian food, which you saw a lot of in San Francisco, and Southern Indian food, which is the region that Dosa represents? Well, you know, it's it's driven by you know what's available locally in those regions, you know, and and you know just to so you know I'm going to generalize a little bit, obviously here, but in the North they use a lot of dairy, in the South they use a lot of coconut milk, in the North they use wheat, in the South they use rice and lentils, but they use lentils in the North too, but. Um, in the south, there's a massive coastline, so it's coconut milk, you know, along with coconut water, uh, a lot of fish, you know. Uh, in the north, there's a lot of you know, chicken, and they, they, they use they also use banana leaves. They use like coconut leaves and all of that cooking in the south, just because that's what's available over there. Um, just the dosa is is a very very South Indian dish, you know, and it's been around for thousands and thousands of years. You know, in the north they have you know the naan, which is delicious, you know, and the tandoor, which is delicious, which came actually from the Middle East six seven hundred years ago. So some of those roasting techniques came from there. So uh, you know there is there is a re- there is a city actually in in the south called Hyderabad that uses a lot of techniques that are used in the north, but it has a, has its own southern spin, you know. So. Keep in mind, I mean, that this is a country that has, you know, that's racially diverse, that's you know, culturally diverse, that's, and it has a diversity of religion, and it has like just a huge mass of people, you know. And so, you know, even in the south, if you go to Tamil Nadu, you'll have different regions just in one specific region. If you go to Bombay, you'll have different cuisines in different parts. So, you know, we say north and south, it's kind of an easy demarcation. But now, what's interesting about Dosa for the next phase is that you know we can explore the east and we can explore the west, which we haven't touched upon. And both those cuisines are totally different. And our chefs would add that, mm. you know, the preparation style of Southern Indian food is is slow cooking. You know, where the the meat is cooked in the gravy and it's cooked over many hours, where, you know, a sauce is not combined with chicken or a piece of fish at the end. It's very home style. You know, it's, it's similar to the the whole trajectory of Japanese food. You know, which is which is you know which was just teriyaki back in the seventies. We know now that it's it's so much more and it's so much more complex. You know, and Japan is like you know a tiny country compared to India. You know, so I feel like, you know, that same. You know, now you have, you know, sushi, sashimi, tonkatsu, ramen, and you got all these different things going on with Japanese food and, and Indian food. There's there's so much, so many wonderful things to explore. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, so that's the opportunity for that's us for the next path. ten years. We we came into San Francisco. We took a stance and we said, listen. Northern Indian food is great. Actually, it's not even Northern Indian food. It's Punjabi food that you find in, in San mm-hmm. Francisco, and, and most most of the country. We'll take that and we sort of we'll do another region, you know. And we will become the most successful Indian restaurant in the Bay Area. And so now we like let's let's take it one step further, you know. Let's explore the East. Let's explore the West. Let's explore, you know, the very specific regional differences in the South, you know. And so, so that's kind of where we're trying to take this now. So. <laughs> so that's uh yeah so that we'll keep an eye out for that sounds like some exciting okay, yeah, things are yeah, coming yeah, in the next yeah. 10 years yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start with the next 10 i'll start with the next few yeah. <laughs> start there, with right? the next five well thank you both so much yeah, for taking you. the time it's been a thank pleasure you. to thank meet you. with you thank you when you're thinking of going out to see a movie next time in San Francisco, make it the Kabuki on Fillmore and get transported to Bombay. Stop into Dosa for a glittery night out and delicious food to start off the night. On the next episode of Menu Stories, we'll meet two impressive veterans of the restaurant industry who both started their careers in Europe. Chef Stefan Terrier and owner Umberto Gibin of the long-standing upscale Italian restaurants 
Perbaco and Barbaco, who just launched their newest restaurant, and one that takes a surprise turn away from Italian cuisine, Volta on Mission Street, which offers a sleek and modern Swedish take on the classic French brasserie. Subscribe to Menu Stories on menustories.com so you can get the next episode delivered to your inbox. You can listen on our website, iTunes, and SoundCloud, and be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram. Special thanks to Siska Silatonga, Menu Stories sound editor, and Patrick Wong, our videographer. I'm your host, Rebecca Goberstein, and until next time, happy eating.